You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness, and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness and physiology right now. Many of us are dealing with loss, loss of loved ones, homes, and jobs. In this episode, Dr. Nader shares steps we can take to help deal with the range of emotions and feelings that accompany loss and grief, and teaches us ways to overcome adversity. We're dealing with a topic that is very serious, very important, that has an impact on the lives of a lot of us and actually on everyone's life. There is no situation in our life, no conditions, usually no people that do not experience a loss at one point or another in their life. So loss is part of life, and this is something very important to first realize. Because when we realize that, this is already a realization that we are not in a unique situation. We are not in something absolutely exceptional. People who have gone through life have seen many kinds of losses, particularly those who are maybe at my age or older. We have lost grandparents and parents also, but sometimes also friends. And loss is not only about losing a person, a loved one. Uh, One can lose one's beloved pet, um, an animal that is a friend for life. One can lose a job, one can lose even some money, can lose in the stock market. One can lose from poor investment or one can lose the job or a friend or a situation that one is or one can lose even a bodily function, being in an accident. And all of this loss is very traumatic. Even small losses are traumatic. Why are they like that? It's because they feel like they pull the rug from under our feet. They throw us off. When things are moving in a certain direction, you have certain expectations, you have certain hopes, you have certain plans, and you also have a worldview. Imagine life to be all so orderly and so well-functioning maybe a belief in some order in life, in some justice, in some fairness. And suddenly all of this is shaken. It's shaken for you. It's shaken in your imagination. Even if you lose maybe some money or you lose a hat or you lose something. Of course, we do not want to compare these small losses to the big losses in life. But it always brings this sense of insecurity and wonder about what is going on. Let us first realize something, and that is that life is always changing. Change is part of life. And therefore, change means you are going from some place to another place, some place to another place, from some situation to another situation. On the small level, it can feel like just the continuation of things, but You leave your home in the morning, you go to work, you left home behind, 
but at least you expect it to be back when you come back. But if you leave home for another home, you've lost that home in a sense. And even if that new home is a nicer one, there is some sense of loss, some sense of departure from something. And the more the situation is close to you, the more it is important, the more it is vital, the more it has been accompanying you for a long time, the more is the sense of loss, and therefore the more the grief about it, the sadness about it, or the reaction to it. There is a French uh, poet and writer, Anatole France, who said that even the changes that are most desired, that we want in our life, they have their melancholy, their little sadness. And why is that? It's because all that we leave is actually part of ourself, part of who we are. What makes us who we are are the experiences we have in our life, of course, our physical body, our structure. And if we lose a physical function in our body, we feel immediately a loss of something that is within us. But there is also a deeper aspect of ourselves, and that is our family, our loved ones, our friends, our pets, our belongings. Even though we feel they are outside of us physically, but on the level of our consciousness, they're part of us. They're part of who we are. They made us in one way or the other, to some small extent or to some larger extent, they're part of who we are. So really, ultimately, in any loss, we are losing who we are. So we are always in a field of change. We're always in a field of transformation of movement. And what makes us who we are is the reality of all the things that we build up in our awareness, in our consciousness. So ultimately, the loss is an experience in awareness, an experience in consciousness. We'll come back to that, but let us now briefly see what to do when we have lost something, because that is the most important aspect of the discussion we are having today, the webinar. We can philosophize about it, think about it, and that helps us to understand where we are. But ultimately, what is important is that we are having the possibility to change things. We are having the possibility to make things better. And the first step that we have to really keep in mind is that loss leads to grief and that grief is natural and therefore the first thing we have to do is accept that we are grieving accept that there is a loss and therefore accept the grief that comes with the loss and the second thing we have to know is that grief is different for different individuals and different for ourselves even in terms of when we get the different levels or whatever has been analyzed to be the stages of grief. For example, there was a study that showed that grief has stages. And these stages, usually if it's a big grief, it starts with denial, which means we cannot believe this has happened. We cannot believe that the person 
that was with us, that's part of us, is gone, has been lost. And there is this denial. We, st we continue to live in a sense as if that person is never gone. So this is part of grief, and we shouldn't be judgmental about it. That is also very important. We shouldn't be judgmental about how we are feeling, how we are experiencing, because every individual reacts to loss based on their physiological structure and their consciousness, their awareness, their expectation. And now is not the time to be judgmental because many feel like I haven't cried, I don't feel like crying, I couldn't cry, and maybe they feel guilty. So guilt becomes part of a feeling that we experience with loss. And one has to realize that this is their own way of reacting to loss. Others will have anger. There will be anger, anger about all kinds of things. That is, for example, about the situation, about why it happens, about life, about circumstances, anger about others, and will feel also potentially anger about themselves. Maybe I could have done this. Maybe I should have done that. And that also is part of the reaction to loss. So what we have to do is realize that these are natural reactions and you don't have to be judgmental about yourself if you are feeling denial or anger. In fact, the denial, for example, is in a way a reality that is true because the person, if you've lost a person or something, is never really lost from you, is never completely lost from you. Physically, they are not there, but as we said, they are part of yourself. They are part of who made you. So the reality, their contribution to your life until that moment is still there. It's still present there. Whatever we go through in our life is with us, until, of course, we overcome and we become a next person and forget the situation in which we are and overcome it. Then, in this case, the reality is that we have overcome and grown to some new level of awareness, new level of consciousness. Because ultimately, loss and grief and denial and anger, all of this is happening in our awareness, in our consciousness. Now, Sometimes this can lead to sadness or can lead to acceptance, can lead to thinking about life and about the meaning of life. And this can happen in any order, in any sequence. So there is no preset sequence. And therefore, we have to be not judgmental. I'm saying this again because it's very important. We have to accept ourselves. And even if we refuse the loss on the surface level, we accept that reality. So we give space to ourselves. We give space to our emotions. We keep space to our feeling. If we want to cry, we cry. If we want to uh, feel angry, it's okay. We can, we can accept that. We can welcome that, of course. It has to be within the norms of not doing things that can create problems for us. And also we have to realize that grief can take a time to finish. 
And if it goes through one stage to another, from one situation to another, uh, which means at one point we have denial, at another point we have uh, sadness, at another point we cry, or we thought we have gone out of it, and suddenly we find we are in a special situation, and that special situation prevents us from experiencing life in a joyful way, and we start crying again, and we feel as if we're going backwards. It's not the case, because we have to also accept that grief can be a lifelong situation, even though we have to be able at one point to know that life can be lived in the most complete way, in the most holistic way, with great, great feelings of happiness and joy and great achievements. So that is something that we have to keep in mind and uh, to uh, accept that emotions can swell at any time. Yet at the same time, we have to understand that life can be full, can be lived, and that the person who is with you, the person who has been with you that you have lost, have given you whatever they have, that this is part of life, and now they are gone. And they are gone to their own life, to a new situation. So we don't know where they are. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know how to continue their life. So how are we ourselves thinking about them is something also very important. And we have to let them go on with their existence. And therefore, if we are too much holding them back, at some level, we might be not doing the best thing for their own progress. Of course, we don't know about this. This is talking about something, what is happening after life. But from our side, we have to know how to let go. There is a moment which comes where we have to accept but this having to accept has to happen naturally. Again, not forcing anything, giving space to our emotions, accepting the grief and living it in the way we are, and going back to ourselves and anchoring our life in our own state of consciousness, in our state of awareness, knowing and accepting that life will be offering great potentials and possibilities, and that we wouldn't be doing necessarily anything good for the other if we are continuing to grieve and continuing to be attached and continuing to have either anger or different feelings like that. But all of this we do with simple acceptance and patience. Now, one thing happens with grief is that it takes over also sometimes our physiology and we can have physiological symptoms. So grief can be lived as aches and pains, can be lived as tiredness and fatigue or sleepiness or withdrawal from society. And that is also a possibility. And therefore we have to take care of our physical reality also. Therefore, if we want to have just some tips, some few points about how to deal with the situation of loss. One is the acceptance, the acknowledgement of the loss. Two is 
discuss it with others, talk about it, accept to express your grief and your pain. If you don't have the occasion or if you talk to others and feel that they are awkward and the way they are dealing with it and the way they are talking to you, then also understand that it's not easy to handle the situation with loss and others can be awkward and therefore be accepting and forgiving because they might not understand you and your situation and what you are feeling deeply. In this case, you can also write down some things about your loss. So if you take a piece of paper and start describing your feelings and what you are losing, make like a journal. And some people in these circumstances, they even write beautiful emotional things that can be helpful to others. Some even feel they have the emotions that come in terms of even poetry and they can write it down if they feel overwhelmed by it. This helps a lot. And you have to think that life can be full, can be joyful, even after the loss has happened. Now, one thing that has helped a lot uh, many people is to maintain a good routine because we tend to be overwhelmed by the loss and therefore feel lethargic and not want to do things or sad. And for that, a good routine is helpful. So if you used to have a specific activity at a specific time, routine gives the sense of being at home, of being in a comfortable situation. And so do routine things, routine activities. And at the same time, you can change your activities. For example, if you like to read books, you can read a book. If this is your values, look at the values that you are interested in your life, the things that you like, exercise, uh, activities of sports, different sports, different aspects of uh, relationship, of you know, playing games with friends. Uh, and maintain that routine that will help to create a system of stability and feeling at home that helps us to get over the situation uh, that is encountered. Now, those who are believers or who have a vision of reality, they should understand from their perspective, from their religious beliefs, uh, that there is a different value in life. And then based on that, they can have counseling from either the religious side or from uh, the counselors who are dealing with loss and uh, different situations. If the situation leads to uh, extreme circumstances of, for example, depression or feeling that there is a complicated grief. The complicated grief is when you are not able to function properly and things aren't working. So seek help from your friends and from higher values. Life, as we said, is a continuation of change and loss sometimes can be a way of moving forward to something new and making us stronger. Loss can teach us something uh, that is very profound also, and that is how to be uh, self-sufficient and to be established and anchored in oneself and accept life as being a reality that is holistic, that has 
its meaning and that has its sense of existence and that there is logic in it and that the physical aspects of life are always changing. They are always going to go and change. They are never the same. It's part of the reality of the physical aspect of life. We are always changing ourselves. Others are changing. And that going away is part of the field of change. It's a big gap. It's a big change. You know, we have day and night. We have seasons. We have years. We go through them. We change ourselves. Our physiology changes. But our consciousness gains and learns and expands. So we can make out of loss something that is a step towards taking our life in our hands, towards anchoring ourselves more within ourselves. And that doesn't mean we are not feeling compassion and love or we are feeling uh, less towards the others. To the contrary, our responsibility towards ourselves and to the other is to take back our life and at every moment in our life see this as an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to be stronger, an opportunity to face situations. Now, this we do once we have done our grief. So it's not a question of when one is under the feel of feeling of grief to be judgmental. I'm coming back to where we started because we have to let the grief happen. We have to let whatever stage of grief or whatever situation we are feeling in whichever way our own personal expression of grief happens, we have to let it happen. But there is a time where we have to be intelligent about it, where we have to be realistic about it, where we have to let the things that have gone actually go, even if it's a job or if it's a loved one or if it's a loss of money, and then start from whatever point we are in. Life is always changing and we, at every point of change, there is the possibility of growth, there is a possibility of strength, there is a possibility of enjoyment, of fullness, of wholeness, and of all goodness and all that is powerful to happen. And life can be lived no matter, no matter how big is the loss. There is always that challenge to start again and to stand up and guide one's life towards the best. That is something, you know, that is important, that we should live our life in a way that we use our full potential and towards others so that we can have a best relation with others. We can think of something that has been said by uh, Marcus Aurelius, the emperor, a long time ago. And that is, you should live every day as if it, it is your last day. So live life as if it's your last day. And that means live towards yourself, live towards others in a way that as if this is your last chance to see them. So as if for last time to achieve the things you want to achieve. And then Mahatma Gandhi came and said the same thing, but added to it, live life as if it's your last day and learn as if you are going to live forever, which means accept to learn from every situation and circumstance as if your learning is going to build up and build up and build up and make you reach the highest level of awareness and consciousness. 
So life is a continuing flow of a river and we never step in the same river again. To live is to die a little bit and to die is to live a lot. But the continuity of life is always on and we can make the best of it. Transcend, go beyond the change on the outside is the highest security and strength that gives us the ability to face all the changing phases of life, which are can be seen from the perspective of loss and loss and loss, as some of the existentialists say that life is a field of death because everything is changing, therefore nothing is ever the same, but make it life is a field of life, of growth, of beginnings, of coming over and over again, and being born over and over again. And to be born in a new life, we have to die to the other life. So we have to look at life as a field of growth, and we have to let those that have left us, let them leave. We will never forget them. That doesn't mean forgetting or ignoring, but it means we're freeing them as they have wanted to free us one way or the other and give us the opportunity to live without them. There are techniques, of course, and mental techniques that can help. And we teach transcendental meditation, which allows us to transcend all the field of change and go back to the field of non-change, the field of the self, pure being, the pure self, in which we are absolute everything and in which all those that we have lost actually reside. They are all within us, within that unbounded field of pure consciousness, of pure being, that is our true inner self, that is the anchor, the ocean of life, which supports all the changing waves on the surface, yet it remains itself unbounded, infinite, stable, and strong. And so for that, you can learn this technique. It's, uh, you can check it out in tm.org or in our Maharishi International University in Iowa, their websites, or on drtonynader.com. There are these uh, different access to different techniques and different teachers that can teach you this how to go back to yourself. Now, we have a number of questions that have come to us, um, and I'd like to thank those who have asked them. Uh, Carrie is uh, asking from Facebook. She asked, I lost my husband to cancer this summer. I'm doing pretty well, but at times I miss him so much. It's really hard. I meditate in our bedroom where he died, and sometimes I feel he's right here with me. But that's not possible, right? Well, it is possible. It is possible in the sense that he is still with you. As we said from the beginning, he is part of you. You have loved each other, lived with each other, experienced each other. And in that sense, there is a part of you which is him also. And so when you go to yourself within yourself, your attention sometimes falls on that level of yourself, which is also part of him, which is in a sense what made a part of you. Don't be scared. It's not talking about ghosts or anything. It's just on the level of awareness, on the level of experience, whatever has made who you are 
is your parents, your children, your husband, your job. All of these things are what builds us up. We forget them on the conscious level, but they are there with us. And so in that sense, if you go deeply there, you are from consciousness recreating that reality and experiencing it on that level. Maybe your husband is completely on a different journey. Maybe for those who believe in reincarnation, he's already reincarnated, he has his own journey. But in your consciousness, uh, you are acknowledging that reality of his presence. And in a sense, you can say it is also like him. It is your own. We can say, you call it imagination. It's not, it's not so uh, real because it means fanciful and not real. Although he can be really, really part of who you are. And therefore, your experience is genuine. Janice, uh, Janice says, can someone uh, who has recently passed that you were close to hear you if you talk to them? Well, depends on where they are in their path and their reality. On the feeling level, when you are deep within, when you are transcending, when you are touching the deep level of life, you are touching the entire universe. You are in touch with everything. And whatever that person who has departed, whatever their experience or their reality in life, wherever it is at that time, whether waiting or moving or in heaven or in a transcendental field or reincarnated, depending on your belief, then at, at some level you can touch them. You can, uh, you know, there are traditions in the East where they do these uh, very seasonal and important uh, rituals for the past, those who passed away for the ancestors. And that is connecting with truly those aspects of ourselves, which are our ancestors. Our actual ancestors, are they going to be influenced? Depending on their past and on your depths of consciousness, you could, of course, maybe give them something from that field of pure being, which connects the whole universe together. But that's a very deep discussion of philosophy and ontology and, and like that, uh, that we, we can discuss in another time. But it is possible, of course, that this wholeness on the move and the connectedness with that aspect of life can really enrich different aspects of nature, different aspects of creation, including those individuals that we have been close to. Nadia from Instagram is asking how to be and what are the tips when dealing with the fear of loss of life or dying, the fear of our own death and that of other people that keeps us stuck in fear, not being able to do the things we say we want to do in our life. That fear is the fear of change. And that is because we are too much on the changing aspect of life. Life has a changing reality, which is constantly changing. As we said, the river of life keeps flowing. And if our attention on, is on the flowing river of life, then we never step in the same river again. And so we can fear that the water is gone. That's not the same river because we are attached to the surface to do molecules of water. But if you look at the flow of life, at the wholeness of life, at the continuity of life, and you see the river as if non-changing, in fact, because you're seeing the dynamics of life, 
then your fear is reduced. So what we need is to go to that which does not change. And that which does not change is our own deep self, our inner being. Our inner being is immortal, invincible, and that is who we are. And if we discover that and experience it directly, then the fear of change and the fear of death goes away spontaneously. So another way is to say, don't worry, happens what happens, nature is organized, and so what can you do? And if you live in fear, you are living without using your full potential because you are not able to go out. So to go out of yourself, you have to be established within yourself. And that's where transcending and practicing transcendental meditation is very important. It's like a ship on the ocean and the ocean, if it's very agitated, uh, it creates fear. But if you have an anchor that you can anchor it in the depths of the ocean strongly, then you feel more secure. So what we want is to anchor our life within our consciousness, within our life, uh, within that which does not change with the field of immortality, the field of wholeness, and then we can overcome all fear. Um, Dalia says, how can you support someone who is struggling with the loss of a loved one and grief? So you do all that we discussed. You tell them to grieve. You tell them not to, uh, you know, reject themselves, to accept their grief and tell them uh, to give space for their feelings and uh, that life is a flow of fullness and all these points that we have discussed. And if they are really in a complicated fear situation, they can get advice uh, or practice transcendental meditation uh, and uh, these techniques of going back to the self rather than being on the surface level. I have a question from Lexi. I just lost my 89-year-old mommy and I would like to know how to deal with the guilt I am feeling. So if you feel guilt for whatever reason, as we said, this is part of grief. Uh, and some people feel guilt because they feel it's their fault. They feel they could have done something or they have said something that might have offended or this and that. And we, I wish I could have not done it. And also, why is that happening? And for this, you have to realize that life and death is beyond these uh, conditions and these situations. Life and death is much bigger a gap and a transformation than just one's own personal responsibility after, as a granddaughter or a grandson or a son or a daughter or a relative or a friend even, or a close friend. Life is, belongs to that person and that person's life is given away when the time comes and that's it and you should not feel in any way responsible or guilty that you have done something, you have not done something, you wish you had done something. And at the same time, at the beginning, accept that part of grief and realize that in some cases, the reaction is like that. This is how your physiology reacts to it. But then that's it. Don't let it get over you and become overwhelming. And then let it go and live a life that can be helpful and and support it for yourself and for others. And know that life is full of opportunities, even when we lose a lot in our 
experience of the changing circumstances and the changing situations in life. Thank you for being with us. We will meet again for another webinar, hopefully soon. I can see Shannon Bush and Bindu Baju is there. Many great have joined us on this talk. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.